Is one of these left and one of these right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I have no idea which one. Well, if you look on the inside of your headphones. Right now, things sound correct, though. It doesn't matter because we have a singular microphone. Okay. And there is no left, right. I have it perfectly balanced. Okay. So it doesn't really matter what side you put your earphones on. Interesting. Now I'm paranoid because I never thought about it before. Yeah. Right. Which side of my headphone is the left? Which side is right? I don't know. It, I think I put it on the same side you did, so I'm, I must be fine. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're probably fine. Okay. You're probably fine. Um, no, I. it was funny because I, I mean, I, I mentioned this the last episode. I'm an IT guy. Yes. And... My owner of my company is doing his, this is Christmas episode, so, or not Christmas episode, but December episode. And um, the owner of my company is going around doing his annual address and, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, oh, yeah. blah, 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 and doing a big PowerPoint speech. Woo! And this year, they basically come to me like, hey, Adam, I have this idea for a thing that he wants to do. Normally, it's a podcast. Yeah. Normally, he just sort of goes up there with a speaker and a microphone, and there's always problems. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it fucks up every single yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is my first year doing an annual address with him, because uh, I haven't been, like, I, this I'm the first time at this company since right. COVID, right? Right. So, he's like, okay, well, this is what I'd like to do. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, I can do that for you. He's like, okay, uh, what about this? I'm like, yeah, I can do that for you. And he's just growing out of proportion. Yeah. So, now I'm suddenly this buying. Yeah, I basically, my boss goes, wait, you need a mixer? So I bought the the mixer we had prior to this one yeah. to, to the whatever uh, the road. Prior to this one, I bought the exact model, but it, there's a smaller only two or four channel oh, version of it. Okay, I bought that because I'm like, well, I know how to use this real quickly. Yeah, and I and I, so I bought that for the company, and now nice. I'm sitting there. He's doing this presentation, and it's hilarious because I've got me with my laptop. I'm behind. There's a projector going up there. I've got headphones on to hear what's on the microphone because he's broadcasting this to a people that are in the room and people and that are online. online. Yeah, yeah. And there's needs to be people that can present and talk online. Like, to the room. To the room. Yeah. So he's got all this going on. So I'm sitting here in the back watching the presentation. You know, those, you know, when you go to a concert and all the cables drapes across and they're sitting in the optimal like listening range yeah. so that it's meant to be like, okay, we know how the, how it's sounding from everything. I'm sitting there with that with my laptop. I've got a mixer. I've got a speaker mixer. I've got all these different. I've got um, the wireless uh, lapel mic system yeah, yeah. going. All these cables. I look like I'm at a mini concert That's effectively awesome. just for this one guy to chat for an hour. But that's how it is. And that's, how, that's how productivity works these days. That is how it works. It was, it was yeah. really impressive because everyone kind of looked at me and goes, I, I kept telling everyone, like, I want you all to know, this is not what I do for a living. <laughs> this I only know this stuff because of a hobby that I do. There you go. <laughs> so now the hobby is fed back into real life, and now we've provided value back to the people you work for. So and on that go. note, hobby. I didn't realize that was going to be the perfect transition. I'm not very good at transitions. That was a good transition, though. That was good. That was spot on. Uh, it was a story that led into a transition. Maybe the best of transitions, if I was to sort of put a title on it. Oh, wow. You gave yeah, me a title for uh, it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The king of transitions there. That was very, very good because there was, a whole, there was a whole preamble. That was an official preamble. Like, that wasn't even like a cold open. No. So I, I would say a cold open is is not not topical doesn't really achieve anything. That was a preamble, though, because yeah. that, that had a purpose, and the purpose it led. was and the purpose was to get to 
that transition was to my just, hobby that I mentioned. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. And <laughs> Thank uh, you. if you're listening, uh, you, then you would know that we are a podcast. We are Ronald Geek Official Podcast. And we're here today to talk about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts and probably to your hearts as well. And, and I think this will be a good episode. I, I, uh, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my boner. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> and uh, I've already had Well, this is on a topic about. you probably, there's a lot of topics we do on the show that you, you're kind of slightly distant of. Yeah. This is one you're full on hard on in. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am like the politics of evilies in Final <laughs> Fantasy XII. My, my spirit has been honed by the by the whimsical throwbacks of Final Fantasy IX. Uh, my, my, my life has been shaped by the job system of Final Fantasies three and five. This is, of course, all about Final Fantasy, and we're going to decide today if it should live or if it should die. <laughs> So anyway, this is Alex Austin with Rona Gigafish Podcast with us in the room today. We have Final Plebeian Adam. And that's it. That's everybody. Rob is not here with us this week. Uh, there's a chance Rob might be taking a little bit of a break. So we'll say that now. So we'll see him uh, very soon, probably the next few weeks. So uh, if you don't hear his, the sultry tones of his of his voice, that's why. So Because he's not physically here, but he's here with us in spirit. And he told <laughs> us what to say about his opinion about Final Fantasy as well. So <laughs> we'll get to that. So anyway, uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, one thing I did decide about these topics when we do them is I would like to give just like a one minute, just like black splash for the topic to let people know exactly what the hell it is. Yeah. So we take for granted sometimes we know a lot about the things we talk about. Maybe some of the listeners don't. So for those of you, maybe even some gamers out there who aren't familiar with Final Fantasy, we are talking about a the classical JRPG role-playing series, right? So that's Japanese RPG. And uh, this goes all the way back to 1987. That's how old this series is. So it's, what, all of 35 Wow, it's, old a, at this it's point. a year older than me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's just a few years younger than me. So I, uh, I, I, I've outlived it up to this point, and I plan on doing that forever and ever. <laughs> there will never, I, I will never see the Final Fantasy. No, <laughs> You're hoping it'll go past your life? It's a, no, no. I'm hoping my life will go past it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that, okay. That's okay. my goal anyway. So <laughs> anyway, uh, it goes back a long, long ways. And of course, uh, originally- you know, depending on how you vote today, you could decide that for a fact. It's well, I mean, basically <laughs> what we decide today is going to happen. Yeah, Squ- for sure. Yeah. Square Enix is going to call us and be like, sorry. Yeah. It, yeah. You said it's it. you said it's got to die. We're, we're yeah. done. <laughs> Just like with Pokemon. We did this with Pokemon. <laughs> we said it should die. Now there's never another Pokemon. Oh, shit. They just came out with one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, didn't, that didn't work. Quinn Incidentally, also a major JRPG. Pokemon's a great example of a game we probably wouldn't have without True. Final Fantasy, quite frankly. Um, so this goes all back to 1987. Hironobu Sakaguchi was the original creator. Uh, for short, I call him the Gooch. The Gooch. The Gooch. Talked about him a lot on this podcast. It's not a very uh, kind name. What do you mean? You know, well, the Gooch. I, I, I call him that because I love him. It's, it? it's a term of endearment. <laughs> you call him the thing between your penis and your asshole? No, that's the cooch. Oh, my what you, bad. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> no, it's, he's the gooch, man. The Hironobusaka Gucci. Anyway, uh, so um, basically he was the guy who created this whole thing. In fact, this was supposed to be the swan song of Squaresoft. Back in the day. Square was not supposed to survive the development of this game. That's the only reason why they allowed him to make it. Little factoid there. It's, I don't know 100% how true that is because I've heard some conflicting data. And there was a lot of rumors where basically they said the name Final Fantasy comes from. This is our final attempt. We cannot live without this. If this fails, it is our final game. That's right. That, That statement right there is fundamentally false. We know that. Um, The Gooch himself, stated that basically any game with the F word would have worked. They, they He straight up said that they were just looking for the F. Gotcha. That was oh, fundamental. So and they just needed a game that was like FF. Wait, or, and it was the trepidation, was the trepidation that this would end up being 
uh, a turn-based RPG because that's what it turned into. Because that, that's what I heard is that that wasn't intended to be their final game, but they just decided to settle on it because he seemed to have a vision and they went for it. Yeah, I don't know all the details to that part. Um, I just know that this unlikely would have been their final game. I think it was definitely they were stressed out. Yeah. I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of times where people go, game companies are like, well, if we, this didn't work out. We were fucked. I think that's true. Not as true as people say, but also more true. It happens more often than people give credit for. True. Game companies... This is why I would never work in the game industry. Um, thank God I dodged that bullet. Um, <laughs> I love playing games. I would never want to be in the industry. Yeah, yeah. But they come and go. Game companies come and go all the time. That's right. So they would have just probably renamed the company and everyone in that company would have joined some other company. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and that's exactly how it goes in the game industry even nowadays. That that same mentality has continued on. And maybe some a whole series of things wouldn't have happened following that particular course of events. There's some alternate reality where maybe, you know... We got a better game series? Well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe Squaresoft didn't make it, and the Gooch went straight over to, um, uh, you know, who, who's developing uh, Dragon Quest. Sorry, Bandai? No. I don't know who does Dragon Quest. Anyway, so, but anyway, it would have been, it would have been, he would have gone to work with, uh, you know, Hordy on, yeah. on Dragon Quest, right? So could've. it's, so it, it definitely Instead could've. of stealing the guy from Dragon Quest to, over? To make, to make a uh, Chrono Trigger? Yeah. Yeah, 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 To make arguably the best Final Fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that should have been the Final Fantasy? Yeah. So, uh, the only one that hasn't been remade for some bizarre reason? Anyway, <laughs> continuing on, I digress. Uh, maybe we'll get to that point, though. And uh, it didn't really come to the U.S. until, I think the original debut was, uh, a year later in 1988. So Which was, was technically Final Fantasy 3. So, no, no, no. Final Fantasy 1 did make it over. It did make it but over. But afterwards. But afterwards, a couple were Because I thought that's the whole confusion. It's a very well... It's kind of like the air going kick, broke a toe, kicking the bucket fa yes. factoid. Yeah, where yeah. no... Final Fantasy 1 in the U.S. was actually Final Fantasy 3. Yeah, correct, correct. And uh, so there, there was some naming conventions that were kind of messed up along the way. So you had, you know... Back in the day when they... When no one gave a fuck when they translated it from Japan to the U.S. where everything was wrong and they would That's adjust right. everything. That's Nothing right. was the same game. And it, but it was because of a, a belief in the East that Western gamers couldn't possibly handle the difficulty of some of those earlier games. Yeah. So uh, now the ones the ones from, you know, Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, for instance, only Final Fantasy VI made it over. Yeah. And that was Final Fantasy III in the U.S. The and named three. Six, if I'm correct, was the one with the mechs, right? Yes. That's yeah. where you start off in Which the... Which I, I think ostensibly is one of the best ones of all time. It, it is. It's still is actually yeah and it holds up actually um and that was that was created actually that came out three years before chrono trigger really two years before it was only chrono three trigger. years so yeah. it was the one right before it was right? actually two years before chrono trigger it was 94 chrono trigger was 96 oh interesting yeah yeah so um yeah amazing amazing game though but but final fantasy 5 was also super nintendo one but that was that was skipped they did not bring that one over immediately yeah because that was one of the job system ones and they thought that it was going to be far too difficult well, i think five American introduced games. the job system no three introduced the job system really yep Yep. Okay, Three okay. Introduced the job system. Four went back to more traditional storytelling. Interestingly, also the first one that Tetsuya Nomura worked on was Final Fantasy IV, and he ended up becoming one of the big hitters for yes. the franchise. Possibly the guy who has saved it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, and then, uh, then once you get past the Super Nintendo era, you get to PlayStation 1 era, so it made the jump from Nintendo onto Sony systems because of disk space, yep. because of uh, the unavailability of it on the Nintendo 64 cartridge. They yep. were unwilling to capitulate to that, thankfully, and uh, ended up switching over, and it was the right move, ultimately, because... Well, seven, once eight, they got... I about to say, because I think the first PlayStation 1 was 7. Was yeah. it not? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, was, that was the real game changer. That was the first one that... 
realistically was equally a blockbuster for the series all over the world. And to date, I think I've heard other than the online games, other than, sorry, other than Final Fantasy 14, it's still the best selling Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy 7. That Mainly makes sense. because of all the iterations. I was about to say, are you considering, is that taking into account the, the yeah, the iterations or because it's original there's version? like nine versions of it. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> but, that, that's like sitting there like, oh, Skyrim's the best-selling version of, of exactly. Elder Scrolls. Like, you the doy. because they keep repackaging it and reselling it every two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. We've all bought it many, many times. So at this point, when I see Final Fantasy 7 pop up on something new, it's like a foregone conclusion. I guess, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm buying that. <laughs> Switch. I've never played on Switch. So I don't know, man. That's like me with Hollow Knight, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hollow Knight's a good example of this, right? They could repackage that many times yeah, over. Oh, we're yeah. putting it on your calculator. Fuck yeah. So now, before Rob left, though, we were talking about uh, the first one that came after the PS1 era, which was Final Fantasy X. And yeah. specifically, this being kind of the last. That was the first PS2. That was the era. first PS2 yeah. one. And it was also kind of the last vestige of a lot of the classical elements of Final Fantasy games, including the 3D and 2D ones, in a single title. And we yeah. were saying that because, from a narrative perspective, from a battle perspective, it was still a fixed battle system, ATB, active turn based battle system that, mm -hmm. that came around. That started actually in Final Fantasy IV. The ATB system, believe it or not. So before yep. that, it was just yep. regular turn-based. So some of those vestiges kind of went away following 10. So that's why we were talking about 10 maybe being the last actual, quote-unquote, final. final fantasy. Because that was the one that was the closest to it. But, you know, as as all things, you know, in gaming, uh, you know, the progression of technology and the progression yeah. of gamers and, and skills and things like that tend to dictate what happens with the game over time. So I think this brings up a whole lot of discussion and we can go all the way back from the beginning. If we want to kind of talk through the series real quickly yeah. here, obviously we, and we can talk about different aspects of it in this case, turn-based. Um, there was a discussion. I don't know who said it at Square Enix, but everyone kept going, oh, are you going to go back to turn-based? And they basically said, no, we're never going back to that. They've openly stated that, that, that they might do it in like an offshoot or something, but a main series Final Fantasy will never go back to that. Sounds like something Nomura would have, would say, except he's not the talker. Typically, it's up to somebody else to do the talking bits, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but he's basically said that, and it makes sense because if you look at most of the turn-based games that exist today, yep. um, Bravely Default, um, uh, what the hell's Persona. That? Persona, yeah. Uh, not even just Persona, but like uh, My Name Satsuna, yeah. you know, those kind of things that brought back... I Am Satsuna, yeah. I Am Satsuna, yeah. yeah. Those kinds of things. They didn't sell all that well. Nope. Turn-based games like that don't sell that well anymore. And I I understand why people's attention spans aren't... Like, they can't sit there and wait. Like, they don't want to wait for something like that right. anymore. Right. If they are going to do that, they're going to do something far more complex, a Final Fantasy Tactics or an XCOM. Like, if it's going to be turn-based, it's got to be very complex. You can't just have an old-school Final Fantasy anymore. That's right. And now, a lot of what they wanted to do was always limited by technology. So the first time we see a game moving away from that was actually not Final Fantasy twelve. Rather, Final Fantasy twelve was more informed by a game that came before it, which was Kingdom Hearts 1. Which coincidentally was Tetsuya Nomura. Was Kingdom Hearts before twelve? Kingdom Hearts one was yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, so okay. and that, that was the first time Square Enix kind of went into ventured into this active battling scenario where you're yeah. moving the character around. And I'm not gonna lie, somehow I played through that game and I fucking hated that combat system. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean it was it was it was fun, but it was it felt so actiony at the time. And maybe that's coming off of games like. At that point, we already had Devil May Cry 1 and 2, Yeah, right? So maybe just coming off of those, going into one like that where it felt very vanilla. You know what I mean? Was, was <laughs> well, they also of... had Final Fantasy uh, 11. 
Well, yeah, 11 was already going, yeah. Which was kind of, it wasn't turn-based per se, because it was the MMO, I think, right? 11 yeah. was the MMO. Yeah, 11 was, it was real time, but it was like, wow, where you're selecting the attack threat. Yeah, they call it tab targeting. You got it, yeah. Um, but it's still, it, it, I don't think 12, to me, 12 was tab targeting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with, with some variation. Yeah, it, with right. a slight variation. It yeah. was tab targeting with yeah. some variation. So the the only way that it was improved upon in 12 was the Gambit system. So Gambit system was interesting because it basically... It almost worked a little bit like ATB, but it was almost like you automated it. Oh. So like, and if, if you were level grinding in that game, this was the way to do it because you ran around in these open maps, you could see the enemy. So you just run into the enemy and it would just automatically do the battle for yeah. you. Yeah. Right? Healing, attack, you know, whatever Even your else. main character if you yeah. wanted it to. Yeah, honestly, it was amazing. And uh, it, in fact, uh, for those who maybe want to play Final Fantasy twelve, the best version of it right now, I would say is the Zodiac Age on the Switch. Because it's yeah. so easy, just like you could put it at four times speed. Yeah, you can yeah. run around crazy fast and with all your gambits on and just level up like insanely fast. It's so much fun to play. I think the only problem is, and this is something I, I a huge beef I've had with a lot of Final Fantasies. I don't think the new Final, like Final Fantasy Seven, uh, didn't have this problem. So I think they're 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 losing this problem, which is good. Um, the grind, the grind was to me a game mechanic limit back in the day. Yep. Nowadays, especially from games like Chrono Trigger, yeah. have proven that you can have a good RPG game without grind, but still enjoy every combat. Right, right. And, and the level progression works on its own. Yeah. So just because you're going through well-crafted maps, you're going through well-crafted levels, you're solving puzzles, we're in between, you're fighting a lot of mid-bosses and stuff. Yeah. So in fact, if you if you design a game well, so you don't have to worry about the grind as much. Yeah. Right? Now, you can still go and grind in those games, and I do too when I play them. I always go and try to get like five levels ahead of where I yeah, think that's I need fine. to be at the beginning. I think that there's value in that to a degree yeah. in um, the sense of like how, back in the day, the way I thought about it is back in Final Fantasy 3, 2, 1, so on and so forth. The game always started off hard, but you could grind if the game, because there was no hard, easy, or, right. dit, or whatever, or easy mode back right. then. Because they didn't have that back then, you the hard, easier, uh, or easy was the same as what they had in Elden Ring. And Elden Ring reminded me of that. Elden Ring's hard, easier, or, or medium was how much you grinded. Yep. How much you went out, how much you Google searched. Yep. Right? And those would be the di levels of difficulty. That's right. And in the old Final Fantasies, if you wanted to make it easier, just go grind. And now you'll you'll know that you're an RPG player of any kind because you will automatically find the places to grind, yeah. the enemies to grind upon, right? Yeah. So that's like, I was even playing the classic, uh, the Castlevania rehashes from Game Boy Advance on, oh, on yeah. the Switch. And I found myself in one of them, I found an area where I could just tear through experience, just fucking rip through it in yeah. Dawn of Sorrow, I think. And there was all these jumpy, runny guys coming at you, and I will just rip through these guys in one run. Like, each time I went through the, this one little room, yep. and I would just go back and forth, back and forth, and just fucking rip through these guys. And I think in about a half hour, I'll probably pile on, like, 30 levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing in Bravely Default. Oh, my God. I just, but you'll know you're an RPG player when you figure out a trick like that, and you're like, fuck, this is it. This is how I get ahead right now. Yeah. <laughs> To this game but i i'm glad that final fantasy has here's the thing is to me there's a lot of complaint that final fantasy is not what it used to be i i know it's obviously not what it used to be but it's funny because you can see it in both mechanics and style back in the day it was a bit more i will call it cartoony or cliche sure and then they started veering away from that with serious ones even uh final fantasy 2 was Bart a lot darker. I think that's the one where they introduced Kane and stuff like that, and he kind of turned nope, against that you. that was became, four. That was four? Okay, yeah. so I'm thinking of four. I got those two confused four, a lot. Four was the one that, that really introduced a strong narrative structure so was it into two Final Fantasy. where you started off and turns out you're the bad guy or you were serving the bad guy? 
you start off on an airship and you just come from a raid. No, that's four. Is it, so all of my <laughs> memories of story arc is all from four. So so Final Fantasy one, two, and three all basically the same thing. Uh, four four kids uh, uh, doing doing things. Crystals, you got to save a crystal. Crystal dies, world dies. Okay. And three, three. The 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 iteration on three that was different was that was the first one with a, a pseudo job system. Got it. Yeah. So because I think the first one is you fought the you fight the bad guy pretty much right at the beginning, and then over the course of the game, you're basically fighting the guy who time traveled, the bad guy who time tra- came back from the future. He survived you kicking his ass at the beginning. That's yeah, I, the air quote story plot, but I, it's very thin. I think you're still talking about four. Holy and that's, fuck! And that's, and that's Gomez. <laughs> Isn't it? Go, go, no, I was thinking of Chaos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Chaos, yeah, which yeah. I think is the first one. Maybe they do the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. They tend to do that in the early Final Fantasy games, so they weren't as creative with the narrative. But I, I thought they, they started to go this more serious route, especially, okay, apparently number four, yeah. which was, they were talking about seriousness, where you start thinking off, you're like, yeah, we did a raid, I'm the good guy in an airship. And then you land, and they're taught, and your king's a dick. He's like, yeah, fucking, <laughs> you crushed them, good job. You destroyed that civilization. And you're sitting there, and it just reminds me of the, are we the baddies a moment? And you're like, I am the bad guy. <laughs> That's the big twist. That's the big twist. I mean, it happens right off the, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, the, 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 uh, Grammaton clerics. Oh yeah. 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 Where you really equilibrium, equilibrium where you realize you're the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. And I really, I really liked that. And that was going to very seriousness. And I remember when they did, what was it? Eight. I think it was eight where it went back to very cartoony style. No, that was nine. Fuck me. Uh, oh, right, eight was the one with a squall. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I right eight, nine. So because of Final Fantasy seven and then eight, they were going very serious. They had yep. the romance, the yep. very like t- teeny dark storylines. Yeah. And then they went, oh, people were like, well, let's go back to the old days. And even in for number nine, the marketing for number nine was back. The crystals back. Yes. And they had the crystal in the artwork, and they they tried to go back, and it really, yeah, yeah. it did well. Um, but I don't think it, it's not in everyone's consciousness. Yeah, like yeah. even like eight or seven is. Yeah. And then clearly after that, they went back to, um, which one was nine? So <laughs> not, nine was the one with, um, uh, is, 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 was it? Oh, fuck. What's his fucking name? Uh, Monkey boy. Yeah. I never cared about that Steiner. one. Steiner. Yeah. Monkey I remember boy. that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never liked those ones. Which Freya. I don't think Freya. Oh, I love Freya. The chicken, the yellow. She was the red. The red. Freya was the, she was like the sort of elf looking oh, yeah, girl yeah, yeah, in the yeah. red. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. She, was, she was the dragoon. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she was so See, sweet. those two games, I don't really recall that well because yeah. I don't give a fuck. I like, they, <laughs> they, I, when those were out, I was an angsty teenager. So I really enjoyed the angsty teen story arcs. Yep. So I skipped those and then 10 obviously got me right back into you the teen. You know how angst. I remember them? Eight, triple triad. Nine, better triple triad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I remember them. That's how I keep them separated in my mind. That's so, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like clearly over the story, over the length of their air, and they've never gone back. After, basically after nine, they never went back to the more old school chibi no? crystal heroes. It's always been Game of Thronesy. Yep. Yep. Um, complex story arc with politics, just like seven yep. and, and just like us. Now, eight. when we get to 12, I mean, 12 is a game I really appreciate for what it is. And, yeah. and I did in its time and I still do right now. There's a lot of things that it does very, very right. There's a lot of things that it turned out to have not done right, but that's only become apparent with the passage of time. I feel like, like with the, with the sort of barrenness of the world that it takes place in, for instance, like it's, yeah. there's a lot of nice settings, not a lot going on in those settings, so to speak. And there's also not a lot you could do. 
in terms of like questing and NPC characters and things like that. Well, I think because they learned from 11, like there's, you can clearly see the relationship between 11 and 12. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they thought a more mature gamer would be attracted to it probably, but 12 turned out to be maybe one of the worst selling ones as a result. So yeah. And the thing is, is it's my favorite universe. Yeah. By a large mile. Yeah, like Evil East, Revenaster. Yeah, because that's also Final Fantasy Tactics. Which that's also Final I've made Fantasy. it very clear is my favorite. That's also Final Fantasy Eleven. Yes. Also took place in Evil East. Yeah. Uh it's not the same as is eleven, I don't think. No, is it's it? probably not the same Evil They call it the same. Yeah, they yeah. call it the same. It's kinda like in fourteen they have an Evil East, but it's not but they the have same. The, no, Ivalice. no, they, they do have the same races. They do, yeah, but yeah. it's not like the same Evil East. Totally. They yeah. might mention it's a different timeline or yeah, a different yeah. era. Um but yeah, it's it's crazy how good that universe is, and I really enjoyed it. But I also enjoyed the Gambit system. Yeah, Gambit system um, was incredible. I was a I was a young. I think a lot of people struggled with it because it is uses like if then statements, like yep. if health is equal to or yep. greater than or or equal to than this, then don't heal. If it's you know, so it was, there's like logic put into it. There's if then. You know what? You know what it was. It was the ultimate evolution of the job system. It, it was the highest what? possible form of the, and I'll tell you why. Because if if you were setting up a gambit system, you'd have to have a healer, you would have to have a caster, you would have to have a black mage. Sure. So you'd have to, you'd really have to get people solid into these roles. But the way that their actual level up system worked, you could take them in any direction. You could take any of those characters in any direction, actually. So it not really because in the new Final Fantasy twelve, you can do that. But in the old one, they started off on a part of the oh, area. I've conflated them. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that's why the new one is way better. Because the old one is, I think they each got their own. So they were or, stuck off on different corners of it? I think they were either stuck off on different corners so we're talking about or they each got their own. For the level up system where you choose to sort of spend their progress points, they're on the same sort of map yeah but they all start in different places what i'm conflating that with is the zodiac age the newer final fantasy yes. 12 where they all you're saying they all start in the same place on that one you give them different classes and they each get they get they've broken up the sections yeah i think is that how that works Maybe. i haven't played the new one um the newer See, one I thought they do run into each other though they can i think on the new one and in, i don't know if in the old one they could yeah but i knew they were at least separated like this character starts in an area that's more casty yeah so you basically don't have a choice on how gotcha. to build them gotcha you you basically don't right because they've spent so many points on upping their magic just to get to warrior yeah that you're suddenly gimping your character halfway through the game yeah, like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that. That's painful. So you basically, they thought you would have a choice, but it would, they they designed it in a sense, like you can see their logic was, we're going to take this and say, um, we want them to be drawn to be a wizard or a caster. Yeah. But we're going to let them the opportunity to be a warrior. The problem is, is the cost was too great to be anything but a wizard. Yeah. Or a caster. So it just didn't happen that way. Yeah. So they didn't do it. Whereas in this new one, what they did was, I think they, they didn't do a whole big map. They you chose a zodiac class based on the zodiac. Yep. Um, the, the true gut job system, and that would put you on different parts of the map, and you could build it out. In that yeah, way. that's right. Yeah, that's why it was the zodiac age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's how they that's how they built it out. So they did it better in the new one by miles. Yeah. And I think this was probably you know even compared to the more recent Final Fantasies, I think twelve. The reason why we spent so much time on it, I think, is because it was kind of the ultimate expression of a lot of those systems. I think, and and yeah, and, you know, the, the gambit system was just kind of manifesting a lot of that. I and think. a lot of people. That was a very clear distinction between old. Final Fantasy and new oh, yeah. Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, totally. Like eleven and twelve, most notably twelve because eleven was kind of quiet. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was popular, but it, it didn't get the same public no Max notoriety. It only ever hit half a million players though. 
Really? Yeah, and this is in uh, just a couple of years before WoW came out. You oh. know I mean, WoW obviously blew the lid off the thing, but yeah, it's a oh, interesting. Inter- interesting thing. So, but like, I think there's a clear divide of people who say, well, I hate 12, and they ruined final the history of Final Fantasy. And ever since 12, the, it, there's a clear pre-12 yep. and post, or I should say pre-11, technically, and post-11. That's right. Yeah, that's why 10 is kind of, we were saying, is kind of the last of the original Final Fantasies. Yeah, and I think that's why 12 gets all the attention, is because 10 doesn't, or 11 doesn't get the attention, 12 gets the attention yeah, yeah, that 10 really... Right. Sh- or 11 really should have gotten. That's right. So, and then we've gone on to all this detail about sort of the end of the originals without even mentioning like all that much about Final Fantasy VII. You know what I mean? That's like the sort of pivotal one. What I will say about this, though, is we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, Actually, if people want to learn about the sort of history and development of Final Fantasy VII, actually check out our bonus gallery on BitCade app and you can see it for just a couple tokens because I've actually created a video presentation called Coming to the West all about Final Fantasy VII and how it came to the West, how it came to be and the whole development cycle. And you wonder why this is one of those episodes where I'm sitting here going, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. And you just fucking know everything. And then, and I also did the same thing. There's another episode on there of Coming to the West for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which we're going to get to shortly. So you can learn all about these things in there in greater detail than we'll discuss here just because of the volume of Final Fantasy that there is that we're yeah, talking about. It's weird that we talk about, like, you know, we skipped by seven. I really think that Final Fantasy X was the real kicker. Yeah, I think I think X perfected what Final Fantasy had set out to do from day one. Yeah, I think seven is one of those cult... It, it, when it was out, it was a cult classic. I was, I think, in grade seven-ish. Yeah. And... Uh, there were some people I knew that were like, I've got the four game disc. I knew one guy who played seven. Yeah. One guy. I, I had gamer friends. Like right. this is, I, I'm not a joke. I'm on chats, chat logs online. I, I was one of those young kids who probably could have been preyed upon on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> yeah. I was far too young to be on the internet than I was. Uh, 4chan should not have existed when I was in that young. True story. Uh, but you not many people played it. Yeah. Everyone I know played 10. Yeah. So I think there was, and not many people played eight or nine um, that I know of. Only the hardcore players. Only the hardcore. So, okay. Seven for as far as I'm concerned was a air quotes cult classic. You either were into the final fantasy series and seven was the best. At the end of the day, seven is a game. It took all the risks in the world. Yeah. And all of them weirdly paid off. Yeah. Like it happens so seldom in gaming. You know what I mean? Like there's only, I would say, a few titles in existence that just took all the risk and just on every single level just paid off, paid off, paid off, paid off. And it's it's continued to pay off for them. So in 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 great dividends. Like well, like we'll see shortly. Oh, yeah. So and then post twelve, uh things get a little bit weird. In fact, this is this actually becomes probably my only blind spot. In Final Fantasy, uh, for the traditional series, uh, because which one was thirteen? So thirteen is the one where it introduces lightning. Oh wow, yep. that's so old. So I played maybe the first third of thirteen. Yeah, and then I did not play thirteen two part yeah. two. I did play Lightning Returns, which was the best out of the three of those. Wasn't that the one with like a clock? Like a, it was very similar to um, Ocarina, not the second think, Ocarina think- time. I think that was two. Wasn't that yeah, two? Yeah, where like you only had so many days to do something. Oh, no, that was, I, maybe that was three. Yeah, yeah, I think that was three. There was a third one? Well, yeah, Lightning Returns. Or no, that was the second one. See, this is my problem, though. This is a blind spot for me. What I will say about this one, though, is um, for myself, in terms of what it did for me, was was not a whole lot. I had higher expectations for it than what we initially got. Yeah. The reason why is because 13 itself was very, very, very on the rails. Very on the yeah. rails. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of games at that time, 
it's a game of its place and time. This was early Xbox 360, early PS3 era, you know, and I think it just kind of happened like that. Like it just had to be on the rails because that's the way game design was going at that point, right? This is this is the era of Uncharted. You know what I mean? This is the era of huge FPS games where people actually played the campaigns. <laughs> like everything at the time was just kind of like prescribed, and that's just how gaming was going at the yeah. time. But that being said, the the details of what you experienced were, were beautiful. You know what I mean? It did very well. It just wasn't my kind of RPG. That's all. That's all. I think the struggle that I had with thirteen, because again, I probably paid. Maybe 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, which not including cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but it's actually, I think I remember it was the, it was some of the cutscenes after they introduced Saz. So, yeah. and, uh, and I just, I'm like, I can't, I just can't, can't get into this. it. I cannot get into yeah, it. Yeah. I think my problem was, is I really enjoyed the gambit system of 12. Yeah. But I hated the auto attack tab targeting. Yeah. Thing. To me, 13 was, the tab targeting, the tab, we'll call it the tab targeting. Yeah. Um, where all it did is a bar showed up and I pushed a button when the bar was full. Yep. And it did a flashy, really nice, pretty animation. Yep. And that was it. I pushed a button when a bar went up and that's what I got. Yeah. So it had the simplicity of just the um, tab targeting of 12, but not the complexity of the gambit system. That's right. So it was like, okay, you took away the one part I actually enjoyed about 12. Go fuck yourself. Right. Right. I get it. The, the animations are flashier and prettier. And it was gorgeous. I it was mean, gorgeous. It's still to this day. It's still, they're still gorgeous games. Yeah. All, all the thirteen series are. Uh, I get it, but it just wasn't fun to play. Yeah. So that's where why I was like, I can't do this. I yeah. can't sit here and just push a button every few seconds. Now that that was the direction of JRPGs at the time, and there were other JRPGs that came out around that. And this is also where you know the era where the Gooch kind of broke off from the series as well. So he broke off after uh, eleven. So twelve would have been the first one without him as main mm. producer on it. Thirteen is the one where he would have had no influence whatsoever up to that point. Yeah. So and uh, you know, and it's not bad or wrong at that time he would have gone on to Mistwalker Studios. He was making things like Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, more traditional JRPGs yeah. in a sense, right? Which were great games. I actually enjoyed those more, both of those games more, than I enjoyed the Final Fantasy Yeah, I remember at the time of Lost Odyssey coming out, it yeah. was a lot of my friends who loved classic JRPGs Dude, like, this is the best. Like a, it felt like a Final Fantasy And it was game. great because it was a story of an immortal and I love the story so of cool. immortals. It was so cool. Uh, I love the story of immortals. Like, yeah. the, the, the immortal out, It sucks classic. to be, it sucks. It it's sucks. awful. <laughs> What a life. But that should have been a Final Fantasy game, right? Yeah. Like that's it in place of 13. But I appreciate, you know, the 13 series for what it did. For some people out there, it's probably their favorite series. I won't malign it on your behalf. It's weird. It just wasn't for I me. find that it's weird that it probably sold almost the worst, I think, of most of the Final Fantasies. Yet it's the one that has the most sequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just kept trying it over and over, and the third one was the best one. They're like, we finally got it! We got it, people! Let's move on! So, yeah. we're going to make another MMO! <laughs> so I don't know how they went from one to the other. Which is hilarious. I, I give... 14, I think, is a huge deal. Uh, uh, 14 is... Uh, I mean... We've talked about it many times in the show. You can go back and look up this history of Final Fantasy XIV and where it all went wrong before. Yeah, because we have a full episode on it. We do. We have probably multiple full episodes at this time, but I, I know we for sure at least have at least one with Nick. Yeah. So, yeah, you go back. No, that was a wow one where he just kept plugging. I got to get him on a real fourteen episode. Yeah, did you guys do one recently? No. Oh. No, we didn't. Uh, I, I should get him on. We, we'll get him on one soon. Yeah, and uh, there's, all, there's all this drama and history there. And uh, also, it's kind of... Um, 14 turned out to be kind of a king-making game because uh, who's the guy who kind of runs it now? The, he runs the show now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoshi, Yoshi P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoshi P-san, yeah. And, and he's uh, obviously well-loved among the 14 community. 
uh, never maligned. Uh, probably you know an amazing person. I obviously I'm a huge WoW guy. Yeah. Um, and I, I abandoned ship on WoW so hard. Yeah. Um, but I play Final Fantasy. I don't play it very often because it turns out I just can't play MMOs for that long of a period. Yeah. But I have to give credit where credit is due. I think it's easily my favorite MMO of all time at this point. No kidding. Um, and Yoshi P is an important factor. He is very, very open. Yeah. Um, and I think that openness is very important. It's refreshing too. It's refreshing. He doesn't, yeah. I, there doesn't feel like there's something being hidden like what Blizzard does or anyone else. I think that's what, what people like about him is it, he's very open. And it's almost a juxtaposition for Japanese game developers in that regard because for the most part, they're not very transparent about mistakes. They're not very transparent yeah. about things that the fans would say are probably incorrect. But here's a weird example where like they just listened. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's probably... On, on, on his part that that happened. Oh, yeah. So, but they listened and they were able to save Final Fantasy fourteen from certain doom. Like oh, it was for sure. a hard fail when it originally came there out. There is a great um, no-clip series on it. Good. Yeah, that's a good call-out. Yeah, we should, that's uh, a great we should link it. Yeah, if you want to learn more about it, I think it's very interesting. Go check out that. Yeah. It, it's so cool to see Yoshi P and how he interacts. And I think his openness is what makes it so good. And it is really really good yeah i think it fits the final fantasy you get the story arc and that's the core heart of it and the community mmo is just sort of a good tack on and i think outside of like your you know your perennial like you know runescapes and shit i I think this is even more so than wow like the most played mmo right now it's like this eso you know stuff like that i think are still the big i think arguably was what's considered the two the three best mmos is wow obviously yep and the second and this basically vine for potential second is Final Fantasy and Guild Wars. Yeah. But I think mechanically Final Fantasy is better than WoW, just what WoW makes more money. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, they marketed it better. Yeah. That's that's the Blizzard machine for you. Yeah. So Final Fantasy 14 still going strong. In fact, they just had an expansion that came out earlier this year, late Yeah, Endwalker. Yeah, Endwalker. Yeah, yeah. Man. So still still going strong if you want to hop in on that one. Not too much else to say about that, except that it is still doing very, very well for itself. But in, in many ways, the way that it's been marketed and the way that they've engaged with the player base has been very different from past Final Fantasy. Oh, Fantasies. yeah. Very, very different. So going on to Final Fantasy 15 now. Ugh. So very, uh, I found that it's actually a little bit more divisive than I thought it was um, in terms of where people stand on it. For some people, it's the end all be all. They love it. They think it's the greatest game. There's completionists out there who got all the recipes for. Oof. Yeah, I mean, there's it's just, there's people out there who, you know, did every you know, every side quest for every super monster or whatever. Like, there, there were, it, there's people out there who are going to do all those things all the time, right? And for those people, I think they're going to love this game. Um, so what I will say about this game is it's it's interesting and it, it's definitely a Final Fantasy that seems to be, it underwent development for far too long and it became a product of, of two different minds. Yeah. And they don't mesh up very well, unfortunately. Yeah. So what I would say is up until about the two-thirds point in the game, I loved it. I was all in on it. I, I was actually kind of floored by how much I quite liked it, right? There was a few things, I had a few criticisms for it about two-thirds of the game into it. And then, because it really presents itself as this open-world adventure with these friends, and you're going to, you know, you're going to go and live live through their their drama and their, you know, their wins I, and their losses. I think it's a very good, uh, I think it's a very good concept. Yes. Um, because, obviously, most guys are going to be the ones playing this game. Yeah. And, and generally play Final Fantasy games. So, it's really nice to have a bromance. Yeah, it was full-on bromance. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like that idea. where it's bro-fantasy. It's a love between friends. I, I get that you have the love interest. I think that sucked. 
but I uh, really, whatever it was like his childhood it was his childhood love or uh-huh. whatever you know what I mean I think they never should have had that yeah, yeah. I really wanted it to be and they kind of did that you can tell they backpedaled and totally. they focused on no no this is about the bromance because yes at the end at the end of the game it's just four guys saying their final goodbyes yeah yeah exactly. it, the, the love interest was gone and dead yeah, yeah. and unmattered long it, ago it becomes a story of personal sacrifice ultimately yeah. right and 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 the personal sacrifice on the part of all of them so but in in that part in that way it was a beautiful story right my trouble with the game and many people's trouble with the game the main criticism is that it starts off very open right and it, it encourages you to engage in that openness in many okay. ways right so in fact when you're going through the initial storyline it's about collecting the sort of these ethereal weapons of the king or whatever, you know? So there's dungeons spread across. Yeah. And you you could, I mean, if you're high enough level, you can kind of do them in any order. You know what I mean? Like there's not really, you know, so, and then there's other things happening in the game story-wise, different beats that take place at different points. But the trouble is then about two thirds into the game, it goes from, you know, fairly off the rails to being completely on the rails. Mm. And from that point on, it's almost like the two minds were clashing because here's the weird thing. The game actually ends up presenting you with a mechanic that allows you from from the linear standpoint at any point to just sort of go like back in time oh. to a point at which you could still play the open world. So portion. the world has drastically changed physically. Yes. And it's like instead of keep keep going but open world this new world. Yes. New new thing to discover. It's instead going, no, no, you go back in time. Yes. It's like, oh, go back to the memory of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. You call this dog and this dog comes and presents you with the book and the book takes you back in time. And you talk and it's like, I guess the the idea is you're you're writing the the memories in your diary or whatever. And I was just like, but why but why did he even have to do that? Yeah. If you just left it open. I get the feeling like they had an open world and they didn't know how to close the story arc without controlling you. Yes. They couldn't write an open world story. Well, the trouble was is they 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 introduced you to, you know, four great characters. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Well three sorry, three great characters in in the initial (laughs) troop, right? No, sorry. I'm I'm counting them now. Four. There's four of them at the beginning. So and then as these stories go. At some point, something's got to happen to somebody yeah. <laughs> to, to drive the narrative forward, right? And I think that they were worried about, well, from that point on, unless they introduce another character, which they don't, so what, what's going to happen with the narrative? Now, in other Final Fantasy games, some of these things are resolved with, oh, well, you lost X character, we introduced Y and Z character, so you're fine. You can just keep going and doing your thing and living your adventure out however you want to, right? Yeah. But at this point, you know, it definitely went fully back on the rails, almost like a beginning of Final Fantasy thirteen, where you're just kind of taken through story beat to story Oof. beat to story beat and it takes you up to the end of the game and and it ends on a crescendo it's a very very nice ending to the game they did a great job with it but uh but boy i really did not enjoy that last third up until the final That's sort fair. of reinvasion of i'm sorry city. to tell you i played the game and i don't even think i got through the tutorial yeah i, I would like, say I if you play it and and you get to the city where all the water is like just don't go past that just, <laughs> just don't because the game's great up until that point i was so i was so into it like i was having so much fun with it like and there was all these great mini games and things to do and all these great side quests which final fantasy is well known for yeah, we should yeah. probably mention some of our favorite mini games and side quests actually because uh, the gooch at one point said that uh and it, what he was taught about rpg is that it's supposed to be an everything game. Yeah. Right? So and and he really lived that philosophy in his games. And that carries forward till today in every RPG out there. They, they yeah. do kind of become everything games, which is part of what I love about them. But uh yeah, it's just um yeah, 15 was an interesting thing. And you know what? Like if we stop the show right now and you said, should this series live or die based on where it ended there, <laughs> I would say fucking kill it. 
just kill it. Because at this point in the series, they couldn't even decide anymore what kind of game it was supposed to be. Yeah. There was no vision. There was no unified vision for it. Again, some people argue with this. If you want to argue, hit us up on Twitter at Runner Geekery. Make sure to argue with me about it. I will argue until the cows come home about this because <laughs> it's a game of two minds. It just is. So, but then, you know, this other weird thing happened. So a long period of time passed, and then we got Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. And it totally redeemed itself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, is that still like, it's weird that it's a different game yet. Same game. Yeah. It is fundamentally different. Yeah. Uh, it gives a different feeling. The world feels different. Like totally. it feels like a different game. But there's, there's moments where it feels much the same as well. Like, cause so like for Final Fantasy seven, the reason why this works in particular is because the bones were good. Yeah. They were so good. Okay. The narrative holds up. The structure holds up. The ideas behind it hold up. Uh, the setting certainly holds up. It, it, Midgar and in, in, in this one and the slums in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake are they feel absolutely better. gorgeous. Yeah. It's unlike the first time you step out in the daylight and you see like the, the plates above you. Yes. And you're down. A, I, I was just, I was like a deer headlights, dude. I think the reason what I'm saying is the reason it gives it a better feeling is you really feel the oppression yeah. Because you can look up in totally. the game. You can look up and you can see the plates. And you're literally running around in trash. It's like bouncing around all over the place. Yeah. It's hilarious. It feels, uh, I it it implied a feeling I never got when I played. Because I, I didn't play Final Fantasy VII yeah. when it came out. Yeah. I played Final Fantasy way later. And I couldn't understand the feeling of the plates. You're like, oh, you're underneath a plate. But it all looked dark and the same. Yeah, yeah. But this one, you were able to look up and you could see the plates. You could see the physical manifestation of being the the weight of, uh, um, oh my God, the name of the company. What the fuck is the name of the company? Shinra. Shinra. You could feel the weight of Shinra pushing down on yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, in, in it, what it also proved is that you can actually have... I, I mean, th- th- what's so weird about Final Fantasy VII Remake and thinking about it is... It, it, it's it's like this this perfect mixture of like linear and open world because it's not an open world game not no, by a long shot no you can backtrack a lot but all the ways you backtrack are all very linear it yeah. doesn't feel linear and that's the most bizarre thing about it yeah is this this is like the most perfect expression I think of what they wanted to achieve with like Final Fantasy fifteen but just utterly failed yep so because it was a game of two minds here's a game where you know they left the creative control completely up to you know Tetsuya Nomura, my Lord and Savior. So and 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 thank thank God he's he's at the helm of Final Fantasy now because I I think even for Final Fantasy, uh, fifteen he he was the director on that as well and and I think it was pulled in two different directions. So I think in Final yep. Fantasy, seven uh, remake he had full creative control and I think it worked. It yep, just yep. worked. It was Final Fantasy seven. I think brought me back. Like I, it was the first Final Fantasy I played all the way through. Yeah, since. 12 yeah not including 14 i'll grant 14 sure um but it, it was no actually because i played that before i played 14 so it was the first final fantasy i've played since 12 yeah which is a big deal considering how rarely they put out these games yeah so but what an example of them taking a concept or a, a beloved game from a series and just elevating every single part of it it was yeah. phenomenal i know some people have a little bit of beef with how this particular version ended but guess what they want to make more they want to they want to make more money and, and they don't want to make the doing. same story over right and over right and over right again. and now i think you know especially for tetsuya nomura having been the director and the creator on the kingdom Hearts series he's obviously a guy who's prone to doing some very elaborate stories yeah. as we all know from the kingdom Hearts series <laughs> so I, I think it's fine if a little bit of that trickles 
into this. It's still going to be the same main characters. It's still going to be a lot of the same story beats. But if he wants to go a little bit more in depth on, hey, here's why Cloud and why, you know, why uh, he's these like this other guy, Zach, and why Zach, they're all like Sephiroth. And why, you know, if he wants to spend more time on that, I'm good with it. Okay. Yeah. And ultimately, this is one of those things where I don't really need the same game told to me. Yeah. Um, I, what I want, what people really want to see is those characters interacting in different environments yeah in different situations absolutely just get more of the characters and yeah. i'm i'm happy with how it ended it did it, it was a bit weird it was a bit like oh this is cl a clear statement of this isn't your daddy's game oh yeah man <laughs> oh they're gonna fuck with you yeah and i'm like okay place. all right it depends on obviously they could fuck this up pretty badly yeah, yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for that but I, i'm in i'm in to try it out yeah yeah I'm, i've basically talked myself into playing it again by the way at this point <laughs> <laughs> like i just want to see it all again because it was so good so you're on the strong stance that i don't know if i'd say strong stance should final fantasy as a franchise be put to rest die i would say no because there's enough goodness and enough clear vision presented in final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy 14 to convince me otherwise if I, I will say that if i had not played final fantasy 14 i would say yes it should die okay but but i don't think it should i think the rarity of how often they they're not like pokemon they're not like madden where they put out a new game every year right every two years they put out a game like every what Four years? Four or five years. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. And it's usually a huge leap from the last one. And they yep. do. The problem is, is when they have duds because their games are so rare, it's very painful. Yep. Uh, it, it hurts a the lot. The expectations are high. The expectations are high. It's very painful because you know you're not going to get, you know, a fix right. for another five years. Right. It just sucked. Congratulations. You failed. Now, five years later. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts them and it hurts us. That's Every right. five years. It's not like if a bad, po if you get a bad Pokemon game, well, next year I'll get a different Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite the same feeling, but I think that risk taking, I want to reward that risk taking. Yeah. And I don't want my Maddens. I don't want games. I don't want my Pokemons. I don't that's want right. games that come out with some tiny iterations every year. I want a new game that comes out every five years that's drastically different. Yeah, yeah. And takes risks. That's right. So I don't want to punish just because we've had, the truth is we've had a bad string. Yep. Right? Between 13 and then 14 came out and that was a bad string, but they fixed it. Yeah. They showed, to me, 14 showed a very important thing. Yeah. For Square Enix. Dedication. Yep. They showed we will give our efforts as what it is to make the thing that we want to do the best it can be. Yeah. So that to me proved that just because I didn't like 13, just because I, I didn't like 15, it proves that I can trust that whatever they're going to do next, they're putting their heart into it. Yeah. And that to me is the most important part that whatever they're going to iterate on, it may not be good. It may not be the best, but they are putting a lot of effort into it and it will improve the next ones. And eventually we'll get an amazing game out of it. Yeah. I'm willing to shuffle through the shit to get that one good one. As long as I'm not getting the shit every five, se yeah. five I seconds. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, they leave proof with Final Fantasy VII Remake that they've moved forward on enough game design advancements that they could still make the series work in the modern era right yeah and this and, and they've they've completely gone real time now so i mean you could still play it as a turn-based game if you chose to you can actually just turn on atb and still play it like that if I you want to know that so yeah it basically like pauses it so it's not real time and there's like a slow-mo swing where you oh i've seen that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so actually i played most of it like that actually did so you? I, I fully enjoyed it yeah it was i did it at during difficult moments <laughs> yeah yeah and it was just it was gorgeous to watch i loved it because you yeah. just have cloud just ripping through somebody with the buster sword <laughs> there's sparks flying everywhere and chunks flying off of them i loved it i to me final fantasy proved one thing it proved that the ideology that we hated most people hated so much in 12 that this whole action system yeah. 
was the right direction. That's right. They were just way ahead of their time back That's then. That's right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Seven proved that they. this is clearly what they wanted for a very long time. Yeah. And they know that. And they know what they want. They know what the next level up is. Well, they know what the next version is. Yeah. And it proves that it works now, for the series. I would say, you know, another series we can kind of compare it to that maybe has not fared so well with time, in my opinion. Uh, you know, another classical JRPG series would actually be like Dragon Quest. Have you ever played a lot of Dragon Quest games? I have not played a single okay, one. Okay, so we'll probably never get to this as a topic for this show. So I'll just say that... It, that's a great example of a game that has chosen to never take any risks. And oh. it, it's, it's in my mind, has not fared as well as a result. So that's like my opinion of Pokemon, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's so painful. Because like, uh, like Dragon Quest Eleven might be the most perfect expression of that game, but I've spent two years now trying to get through it, and I'm only like halfway through. And it's it's hard pushing myself through it. It's just, it, there, there's everything it does, it's done before. There's nothing that interesting about it. It's a beautiful game. Still fun to grind. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the characters, there's maybe one really compelling character in the entire game that I've seen so far. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. That's painful. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, I, I think in that way, you know, maybe that series is one that I would say should die, except that they've now come out with, in my opinion, better games like Dragon Quest Builders, which I just <laughs> fucking love. I love Dragon Quest Builders. And then Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. I wish to God they would do another Joker game because I love Dragon Quest Monsters. So I think Interesting. that's... Have you ever played one? No. I have never, I've never played anything with Ooh. the name Dragon Quest. Oh, you gotta you got to find a way to play it. You <laughs> have to find a way to play Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. Okay. So it's a, such a great series. It's 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 poke it's basically Pokemon. You're like combining monsters, getting monsters, fighting monsters against one another and like interesting. The, it's so different though. It's so different. Like it, it's just it's hard to describe. Like, that is very uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird game. But uh, you gotta play it. Like it's so much fun, man. So yeah, <laughs> anyway. I, I would say that that should probably be the formula that like Pokemon should go. <laughs> like, what Dragon Quest Monsters Joker does. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, you gotta play those games. But yeah, and then uh, other Final Fantasy honorable mentions. Uh Final Fantasy Tactics. Brilliant, Come on. brilliant fucking tactics game. Maybe the best of its kind. Give me more. There you go. There you go. Another reason why. I need my crack tactics. Oh, yeah, man. So classic game. You can play it on virtually everything now as well. It's on cell phones. Like you can download it on your cell phone if you want yeah. to from the. From the uh, they need to remake it. They need to remake totally. the animation. They need to add more. They need to remake that. Look game. at how far they've pulled that genre forward with like Fire Emblem games. Uh, that or even just the new, um, or I guess the remake of uh, Let Us Cling Together. Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they should keep going with it, though, absolutely. Yeah, keep, they need to evolve it, in. make it more yeah. complex, add that's some right. new mechanics. Yep. You know, yep. evolve it to the next era. That's right. Uh, but still keep the core there. So absolutely keep that going. Uh, Chocobo's Dungeon. Um, you know, pro probably not. I would say probably just stay away from that one. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's whatever. And then uh, I think uh, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy Seven. I love that game. Crisis Core was cool. Uh, in fact, that's, uh, believe it or not, a big reason why I told you I bought that random ass, one of those oh, game consoles. The yeah. Download games you want to play has, some old PSP games. the PSP library. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is a great way to play Crisis Core, and I'm really looking forward to that. And there's been other even weirder offshoots, like Dirge of Cerberus, which was cool. It was fun. It was if, weird. More more so if you like Vincent Valentine. If you're yeah, that Vincent was clearly Valentine. during our edgy eras. Like, I like... Vincent Valentine, the vampire who wants to die. It's easily the most emo of the Final Fantasy oh, games. Oh, yeah. that, And that's saying something. <laughs> that's really saying something, because that's a series known for its emo characters. Um, I'm trying to think of any other offshoots, then. Um, there's definitely more we're missing. The problem is I don't think there's any that are... That come to mind. Crisis Core may be the best of them, like outside of tactics. Oh, okay, yeah, outside yeah, tactics, yeah, yeah. sure, 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 sure. So, but then, uh, yeah, there's even more we're missing. There was like Air Guides, I think that was the fighting one. Oh, God, there's Dissidia. 
Dissidia series? Yes. How could we forget Dissidia? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's God. cool. It's cool. You take you take a bunch of the main characters and fucking fight. You fucking. It's funny because it definitely reminds me of someone who's like, I had them as an action figure and yes! fight, and they just bash two action totally. figures together. That's totally. all it is. Like I, you know, it, it's it's that uh, what are they, the bar fight? I, I like to call it the bar fights. It's like, <laughs> oh, Superman could totally beat up whatever. Totally. totally. <laughs> so, but Smash Brothers turned out to be the best expression of this for Cloud and Sephiroth. So, if oh, you want, yeah. if you want Final Fantasy characters in a good fighting game, play Super Smash Brothers on on the Switch. That's yeah. a good way to go. So. Uh, cool. I think that about wraps it up for this topic. So we're going to go ahead and let this one live. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I think that's our second one lived out, yeah. of, out of three. So yeah, yeah. we'll see how this goes. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, make sure to hit us up and tell us your opinion on this, whether we made the right decision or the wrong decision, or if you have some other beef, you can hit us up on Twitter at Ronin Geekery. You can also hit me up at Alex Austin uh, W on Twitter as well. Make sure to check this and all your podcasts out on Bitcade Podcast app, which if you find Ronin Geek, official podcast that's also where you're going to find our bonus content please unlock it please monetize us and we will love you forever and ever so anyway guys thank you so much and we'll talk to you next week